Welcome to the PRISM Education Center podcast. PRISM Education Center is a K-12 school committed to building principled leaders through sound values, solid culture, and strong community. PRISM Education Center is a Northgate school, and this is our podcast. Welcome to the PRISM Podcast. I am Misty Newcomb, the Executive Director of PRISM Education Center. Today, I am joined again by Rachel Webster. Hi there. Rachel's our Director of Administration and longtime colleague since our founding days of PRISM. And we are also joined by Lindsay Nichols. Hey, everybody. Oh, sorry. Principal of the Fayetteville Campus. Very good to see you, Lindsay. And today, we're going to dig a little deeper into what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about Authority and influence, two tools, two strategies we have at our disposal as both parents and teachers to impart our values to our children. And we're assuming if you listen to this podcast, if you're sending your kids to our school, a values-based education program, then you want to impart your values uh, to to your children. And so um, we're operating off of that assumption. We wanted to take some time to dig a little deeper. We just sort of scratched the surface of these two concepts last week. And so this week's podcast, we're going to talk about authority. And next week, we're going to talk about influence and just dive deeper into these concepts as tools for you to impart your values to your children. Um, we, we kind of, we have to start with the assumption that as a parent or as a teacher, whoever's listening to this in whatever role you play, that, that you have to be the authority figure. Mm-hmm. And that's, that sounds revolutionary to some maybe, but authority gets a really bad rap. Mm-hmm. We, we yeah. hear, I hear people all the time say, oh, I don't really like that word. When we say, you know, you're the authority in your or home. Or get that tensed up face. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. yeah. And so we, you know, it gets a bad rap and, and particularly in our culture, it gets a bad rap. And, and we sort of, we want to just take a minute at the beginning of this podcast to sort of push that bad rap off. There are some significant problems that will occur if you do not take on the role of the authority figure in your home, if you let your kids be the authority figure. So let's just talk about that first. We're operating under the assumption that parents should be the authority figures in their homes and teachers in their classrooms. So what are the problems if you're not? Mm-hmm. What happens if you're not? You know, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is probably obvious. It's literally the opposite. If you are not the authority figure (laughs) and you are not in control, then obviously your children believe that they're the ones that are in control. And I think that can lead to a couple of different things. I think, number one, it leads to a sense of self-reliance over time. Right. That kids think or feel or believe like they either should or have to make the decisions for their life. Right. Whether those are safety decisions, preference decisions, anything. And it's not that that's necessarily a bad thing when they're 18, but when they're three, it can create some real problems. Number one... Three-year-olds are not great decision makers. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see how that might make it hard yeah. for them in certain contexts like right. school right. or when they go off and get their own jobs, that right. it could start to be difficult for them to to know how to relate to a proper authority figure. Right. Because they don't understand that if they've been taught their whole life that they're the boss and they make all the decisions – 
um, then they don't really understand how to relate to a teacher or to a exactly. boss or to some to a policeman or to someone else who is the authorized authority figure because they've never had that experience. And so it feels threatening to them. Yeah. And so first of all, they just don't relate well and they don't integrate well into society as a whole. But also they genuinely will make bad decisions. One of the things that kind of has struck me over the years, I mean, we've been doing this for nine years and yeah, giving tours. Wow. And I'm amazed sometimes... I mean, a lot of times people will say things like, well, ultimately this decision is theirs. And they're talking about whether or not to enroll their five-year-old in our kindergarten. And I'm always amazed, like, how are they possibly capable of making that decision? Mm -hmm. How can can a five-year-old calculate costs and risks and benefits. Yeah, exactly. All the things that (laughs) require for complex decisions. Value systems, Mm -hmm. you know, mission, things like that, things that are really important. They're still in training on all those things, and they certainly don't have the life experience to make decisions rooted in their best interest. Mm -hmm. They also don't have – they are – they have a propensity to be self-focused, and so their decisions are going to be self-focused. And if they're always permitted to do that, then they become self-focused. And that gets into trouble again, like you said with authority figures, but also – I was going to say, when you're saying that, I think when you are – in that position and you start developing a mindset or a worldview that's self-focused, that can often lead to other negative things like anxiety, yeah. where you are very focused on your own security, your own needs, um, or just the pressure of yeah. making decisions. And, you know, anxiety, unfortunately, goes masked a lot right. in young children. Right. We don't see it. Um, it can e- even look like a really high-functioning, high-performing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Someone who's very, it can look like a very articulate, uh, well-balanced, right. Seeming emotionally mature four-year-old right. who actually has quite a bit of anxiety regarding right. all the choices that they get right. to make in a day. And then we start to see some of that manifest as they get yeah. older and it starts to come out. And not that it can't be dealt with, but why not make choices now right. that prevent our kids from having right. to deal with some of those things in mm-hmm. the future? Yeah. And I think it's it's really important to bring out that I, we talked a long time, well, not a long time ago, a couple months ago, we did a podcast on boundaries and the importance of boundaries in your home. And I I think it kind of goes back to that. Your child will feel the safest, not happiest. Mm -hmm. Like they don't always like not getting what they want, but the safest when they know that the adults who love them in the room are making decisions for their benefit. And they need to know that it's the adults who love them, who have this foresight that are making the decisions and it's not all on their little tiny shoulders Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they may want that freedom. Mm -hmm. They may want that ability to, to make those decisions, but ultimately they feel safest Mm -hmm. when they know that the weight of the world is not on their shoulders. It's a parent's responsibility Mm -hmm. to be the authority figure. Not just, it's not just a, you know, it's really not about just getting what you want. That's, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. It is your responsibility as a parent to take on the burden, the responsibility, and the weight of uh, governing your home and making those decisions. And when you do that, you're creating a safe place for your child and you're creating a place where decisions are made with all of the complex interplay of all the different things that your home's finances, your values, your needs, the needs of the other children in the home, all of those things come together under the watchful eye of a parent in a way they can it cannot come together 
with a four-year-old or 13-year-old. Yeah. And so definitely you're going to give authority to your 13-year-old mm-hmm. that you wouldn't give to a five-year-old. And you're going to give authority and, and freedom to a 17-year-old that you wouldn't give to a 13-year-old. But you need to release that in small ways when they've proven they can handle it. Right. And when mm-hmm. they've – it needs to be released slowly. So so – and we'll talk a little bit more about just what it means to be a good authority figure in a second. But I kind of I want to stay here for a second because I know that authority has a bad rap, and yeah. I, I I want to defend it. I want to defend the parent's mm-hmm. role as the authority figure or the teacher's role as the authority figure in the class because there's all this you know, well, we want our kids to express themselves or we want them to learn deeply in the classroom and think critically. If you want that stuff, you have to first know they'll do, they'll listen. Like you can't have meaningful projects if you don't first know that the students will wait and hear the instructions. You you have to have, authority is the mark of a good teacher. Yeah. Having, man, being, have, being capable of managing your classroom, that's a mark of a good teacher. So mm-hmm. why... What makes that so difficult? Yeah. Particularly, again, in this culture. But what makes it – why does authority have such a bad rap? And why uh, why don't people like the idea of being authority figures? Yeah. One thing that comes to my mind is just, you know, we have to really look at our past experiences with authority. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, in, in some instances or maybe even many instances, we've been exposed to authority that feels oppressive right. or authority that feel, you know, felt to us maybe at a at a kind of, you know, more immature stage of our lives is right. very unjust. Right. And and when we when we look through those filters, it can a lot of times cause us to feel like, oh, well. I don't want to emotionally damage my child right. by being so intense or yeah. being harsh with them. My mom was mean to me and exactly. I don't want to be mean to my kids. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I didn't like my mom and and I want my kids poor moms. They yeah. get the they get the worst rap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm using the you know, my dad was mean to me and I I didn't like him and I don't want mm-hmm. my kids to not like me. Therefore I'm not going to the opposite yeah, extreme, you can kind of swing yeah. the other way, yeah. right? Yeah. I think what Rachel's saying there, too, one of the things you said, sometimes we take that perspective of our more immature selves from when yeah. we were younger, from when situations were different. And right. I think that is kind of the unfortunate part of this is that we are often driven by mindsets that were developed when we were more immature. Yeah. And we're, I think, still hold on to some of those so things. So you're telling me what I thought when I was 13 years old about my parents might not have been correct. Exactly. Might not yeah. have been like a long-term. Yeah. Good. It's crazy how those yeah. things stick with us, though. I know. They really do. And I think how unaware we can become yeah. that some of the mindsets that we carry are things we developed as children and middle schoolers who weren't fully developed and formed, yet we still have these ideas that maybe aren't actually even accurate anymore. Yeah. And and you know what? They they may not be. I see a lot of parents want to be their kid's friend. Yeah. And I think it's one of the least helpful things you can do for your child is be their friend. You're not their friend. And I've seen a lot of parents who are really strong authority figures. And and I actually feel this way about my mom. She was a really strong authority figure. And we are really close now. When I was in middle school, I thought she was a really strong authority figure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably a, a charitable description of yes. what I felt. I, I mean, I did feel like there were lots of boundaries on my life and there were. But now that we're older, I see the wisdom of that. And I remember when I became a mom kind of 
being like, oh, yeah, this is this is no good. You can't let your kid do that. You know, right. you can't. Uh, and and she, I, she's been in the room sometimes when I have these aha moments where I'm like, oh, that's why. I bet she loves that. Yeah, she does. Um, <laughs> sure. She does. Um, but I think that you might have a, a skewed perception because you're thinking about things from your 13-year-old perspective. Yeah. But then you also might have had like a really rotten experience. Yeah, yeah with a boss. With or a even, boss yeah, or like parents, a recent grandparents. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have had bad experiences mm-hmm. with authority figures and that's part of the problem as well because it's true your parent may have been oppressive and mm-hmm. you don't want to yeah. do that or they may have been too lenient and yeah. so you'd you want to tighten things up and make sure your kids never get in the trouble you got into right things like that and so let's and this to me is kind of like the honey hole of the whole discussion what is a good authority yeah. figure? The what magical question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does it mean to be a good parent and to be an, you know, a strong, healthy authority figure? What as a teacher or as a parent? And so let's let's talk a little bit about what that looks like. And to me, this is like the big, the big, big, big thing is consistency. And this is, I mean, when we're talking to teachers, this is such something that we really hammer. You have to have consistency. Every day mm-hmm. that the kids know what's going to be that t- tells them my world is predictable and stable. Right. If I don't, if I speak this way to my mother, I'm going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if no matter I, what. Exactly. If I take, you know, wipe my hands of that paper towel, I got to put it in the tra- trash. Mm-hmm. Like these are just real practical examples that's going to be consistently enforced. And more importantly, it's going to be consistently enforced between all the authority figures in the house. Mm-hmm. Mom dad they're both going to hold me to the same expectation yeah i'm not going to have one wildly different extreme from one parent mm-hmm. to the next and they're going to do it every day yep mm-hmm. every day every day it's not just going to be when they feel like it or when they've just read a book about parenting or right after they've read the pri- listen to the prison podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> this should be this could be day one after yeah. and yeah. then every day after has to be yes consistent. exactly yeah it's definitely the key i mean we talk about it all the time here whether it's um, and I think people struggle with consistency in different forms. It can be yeah. emotional consistency. It can be the physical consistency of just yeah. holding your kids accountable to yeah. certain things. Right. Your example about throwing away trash. I mean, classic. T- I mean, tell me about it. As mm. teachers running a school, it's like <laughs> you wouldn't imagine the amount of consistency teachers right. have to have just to keep a pencil being used the way it's supposed right. to be used. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that takes emotional consistency, but mm. it also just requires a certain consistency of your physical presence right. to continue to hold your kids accountable, right. whether you're tired yeah. or whether they've done it 800 times yeah. or, you know, regardless, there's yeah. no, no exceptions yeah. to holding your kids accountable to the boundaries you've set. And we have in our home right now, you know, we've got older kids. We've kind of been through the, the younger kids stage and now we're in the older uh, young adult stage of life for all of our kids. Um, actually we were realized this week that, for a year, I'm going to have all teenagers. As soon as we have a birthday in January, all of my kids will be teenagers. And then the next year, the oldest will be in her 20s. And so it's only going to last a year, but I'll be a mother of teens next year. And one of the things, you know, there's a lot of things with attitudes Mm -hmm. that that pop up with, with teenagers that, you know, when your kids are little, you're kind of dealing more with actions yeah and then when they turn it's real into, obvious yeah and it's kind of concrete and then as mm-hmm. they become more abstract so are the things you're disciplining things keep getting <laughs> more and more complicated <laughs> and so i don't want you to just do what i say but embody my values when you're mm-hmm. out away from me and so so you've got to deal with those things and i think that that requires a level of emotional constancy to not mm-hmm. meet them 
And we've talked about this even when our kids were little, that when we see this, when our kids start to kind of slack slack off or we see a slackening in how they're executing the things that we've talked to them mm-hmm. about, we realize it's probably not our kids, it's us. Yep. We are the ones that are not being constant. We are the ones that are not holding them accountable. And I think that's one of the harder things about parenting. A lot of times people think that authority figures are, what it means to be an authority figure is to come in guns a blaze in and you know, met out these really intense consequences and harsh punishments. All we're talking about is just be consistent. Just tell them to do what you say and then consistently hold them accountable for it. And you don't have to have a lot of emotions for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where some of that clarity also is required. So this is our second C. You've got to be really clear about what you're wanting. You Mm -hmm. can't, they can't read your mind. Yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. You have to use a lot of words. Yeah. And not all the time. I mean, when right. kids are little, it can be as easy as put that down yes. on the couch. Right. right. Um, you know, it doesn't have yeah. to be a lecture right. all the time. Uh, but sometimes you do have to be clear. Right. And as kids get older, you have to have clarity about why right. it's important for them yeah. to do things. And so, yeah, I think clarity is, is key. And you have to kind of, I think as parents – Husbands and wives really have to come together Mm -hmm. on what they really want because you can't have one of them saying, and that's one of the things that we've observed, you know, kids figure out really fast, oh, okay, that's the one that will say yes, Mm -hmm. and that's one that will say no. And so you kind of have to know, like, these are the things that are important to us as a family, and these are the things that are not as important, and we're going to really hold these important things, and we're going to hold the same standard. And so that standard's got to be really clear for the students. Um, And then I think a big big thing that we talked about, too, was – commitment not just to the standard but mm-hmm. to the child yeah mm-hmm. i think one of the big things that kids need to know is that you're in it for the long haul with them just yeah. like you know you're not gonna give up on them you're not yeah, gonna you see beyond today yeah and that's one of the things when our kids were little um clay was kind of my uh you know, emotional support coach. And he would say, cause I, when the girls were little, I was home with them and I, you would just, you would deal with your toddler or your three-year-old and it would just be like, Oh gosh, you know, just such a strain day after day. And I remember one time Clay telling me, we've got to discipline. We were dealing with a situation with one of our kids. And he said, I think that we're getting stuck where we're looking at where they are today and looking at their actions. And we have to discipline them for who they are going to be. Yeah. We have mm-hmm. to deal with them. Beautiful statement. And and see them for who they are going to be. Your child's not always going to throw their body on the ground. Right. That's not like, an, that's that really yeah, is is something season. that stops. This will pass. <laughs> yes. yes. And they're not always going to be a difficult teenager who burst into tears over the tiniest of things or have such strong opinions. Mm-hmm. And you can look and just, and I've heard parents say, you know, I just don't like my child, they feel a lot of guilt in that. And it's like, you don't like the action. Mm-hmm. You right. don't like the action that they're doing right now. And no one would. I mean, right. they can be difficult people to live with. <laughs> Even really good kids can be difficult to live with. But you have to see who they are becoming. That's right. right. And not just, and when you're disciplining them. And I think that this really goes goes into kind of not confusing character and behavior. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say that's something we commonly talk about here with our teachers. It's really easy in the day-to-day as you're teaching students and you're dealing with right. – I mean, really, you're dealing – especially with you consider teachers, they don't get to see kids on the weekends right. and at home. And right. they don't get to see them over the course of their lifetime. Right. And so they're just seeing them for a moment. And yeah. it is very easy 
to make assumptions right. of someone's character right. or who they are based on the actions and behavior that you see. Right. And as teachers, you know, we, well, we challenge our teachers here to go beyond that right. and say, you have to look beyond this behavior right. and ask yourself, who is this child? Yes. Mm-hmm. What is their character? Yeah. What can I do to help them build that instead of saying things like of so for example we avoid saying things like you're being a bully we don't want to confuse character with an action that is unkind right we want to be sure students know what you're doing is not helpful but it's not who you are hurtful Mm -hmm. yeah but this isn't and the reason we're telling you is because this isn't who you are right and we have to make a shift so it's just one example you're being lazy yeah like you you hear that a lot when they Mm -hmm. when or you're being, you know, you're being whatever, you're doing this or that. And we talk about like spilled milk here a lot because that's a common thing that mm-hmm. happens when you're <laughs> feeding 200 kids a day. And so you you have spilled milk. And is it, are they spilling the milk because they just t- truly weren't paying attention? Mm-hmm. Or are they spilling milk because it was a total accident? Are they angry and spilling milk? You could have right. the same thing and you're dealing with three different types of responses from right? yeah. the authority figure in the room based off of what is the heart of that child in the moment. Yes. And we talk a lot about you have to discipline the heart of a child. Yeah. You have to shepherd the heart of a child. You have to guide not the actions you see, but their mm-hmm. heart. And I think that that gives a perspective into how yep. you're, how you mm-hmm. interact with your kids. Cause sometimes teenagers, you know, it, it gives you an allowance to say, you haven't done your homework for four nights. I'm not going to call you lazy. I'm not going to call you irresponsible. I'm going to sit down and talk with you and find out what is going on in your heart. And a lot of times you find you're dealing with an overwhelmed child and you have mm-hmm. to actually teach them organizational strategies. Yeah, you got to give them the skills yeah. they need to be the person you right. know they are. And if you just come in guns a blazing mm-hmm. and you say, hey, you didn't turn in your homework, you're grounded for life. Mm-hmm. Every video game, every everything is taken away. Every fun, every conversation, yeah. every everything. Then that you've, you've kind of cheated that child from the thing yeah. they actually need, which yep. is yeah. they need help with time mm-hmm. management. They need help with knowing how to prioritize things. And and you've not given them the, the proper instruction for what they need. And so I think that that kind of closes out with this last concept of just being connected. Mm-hmm. You have to know your kids and yeah. you have to have space to talk to them. I don't, I feel like we almost could call this podcast the Eat with your kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eat dinner with your Because we, we've probably talked about it 47 times in yeah. the last 46 podcasts. I mean, it's been such a big th- – there's got to be a space where you can have – conversations with your kids and at the Newcomb farm that is always when we eat together at night and the conversations that take place as we're cleaning up or Mm -hmm. our cooking dinner or whatever and I think that that's there's it doesn't have to be eating but you have to have some space where you Mm -hmm. consistently are building relationships with your kids yeah Mm -hmm. taking an interest in what they're doing bringing them along with you on what you're doing and and I think that that's going to really lead into next week when we talk about influencing being an influencer with your with your child one one last thing we talk about a lot is sometimes people say i you have to give your child both love and discipline as if these two things are separate things and really if you hear what we're talking about an authority figure is consistent clear committed connected if you hear these things what you're going to hear is being an authority figure is being loving. Disciplining mm-hmm. your kids is loving. Mm-hmm. It is not a different thing. Mm-hmm. You're not balancing out love and discipline. You, because you love your child, you discipline them. Yeah, exactly. You care for them. You lay down your preferences in the moment and handle the situation 
have the conversation, hold them accountable. These things are what we do because we love our kids. And any other picture of authority is counterfeit, Mm -hmm. is wrong. That is not actually what authority is. And no, it's not always shiny, happy, joyful, positive, gentle moments. Being a parent has other types of moments in it. And you have to be comfortable with both spaces and you have to recognize Kids need to feel your disappointment sometimes. That's what's going to mm-hmm. keep them off that path next time. They have to feel your dismay, you know, and you've got to do that reasonably, obviously. But you, you've you got to be comfortable showing kids both the both a, a balance in character and a balance in responses. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not, but, but understand that that balance in response is love. Yeah. Yeah. Very well put. It's one thing. It's all it's one. It's not two things. Not two streams. Yeah. Not two anything. Coming it's just from the same one stream. thing. Right. And that and and I think we can kind of bring this full circle back to those earlier concerns where we talk about people don't like authority figure. I had a conversation once with a dad and I he was saying, Well, I'm just afraid if my kids, if I'm really authoritative with them, then when they grow up, they'll just be passive compliant people and they'll never know like they're if they're being manipulated or if they have a bad authority figure. And and you know what? The way you know whether something is bad or inaccurate is if you know what's accurate. Mm-hmm. And it's our job as parents to show our kids what accurate, healthy authority figures look like. And so we got to deal with our first ourselves first. Got to deal with our past, like Rachel was saying. We got to deal with our past perceptions of authority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we want to start with a place of what is a good authority figure, yep. not I don't want to build what was built in my home. That's a mm-hmm. dysfunctional starting place. Yeah. So let's start with what does a healthy, loving authority figure look like? Yep. And then build that in your home. Yep. Start there. Any other closing comments, ladies? No, just encourage everybody to get out there. And it sounds like a big topic, but I think the key to really all things when it comes to teaching and parenting is just making the first step. Right. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. if things are resonating with you from this podcast, just pick one. Pick one C to right. start with. Exactly. And, yeah, pick a C. And pick a C and go from there. <laughs> and I think... You'll be on the right path. I love it. It's never too late. Well, next week we're going to be talking about influence and how we how we build that capacity for our kids to to be influenced by us and how we earn their trust. And uh, a huge foundation of that is respect. And you 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 gain their respect by being a good, strong authority figure. So get out there and do it. Have a great Thanksgiving this week, y'all. We'll we'll catch you here next week when we talk about influence. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Rachel. This podcast is a production of Prism Education Center. You can subscribe to this podcast through any platform you access quality podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Find out more about Prism Education Center by visiting our website at www.prismeducationcenter.org.